Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk about ways to feel connected, stay connected, and get to the altar more in love than ever. This is a very, very stressful time in your life, and you're also navigating a lot of different relationships in the family. So we're going to give you some tips to get through it really, really smoothly. Today, we're going to chat with Joanna Lynn. Joanna has 20 years of experience in resolving inherited family patterns. She is the founder of the Family Imprint Institute with an international private practice. She's committed to resolving painful patterns from living out in the next generation as if on repeat. So we're going to chat today with Joanna Lynn. Here we go. If you are all about weddings, love wedding stories, want to hear about how they met, what the proposal was like, how the wedding went, then this is the show for you. We also talk with professionals and they share advice to help you make your wedding amazing. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. So we're talking today about steps to feel connected with your fiance because when you're going through the wedding plans and you become so busy, you now are doing things that you haven't had to navigate before in your relationship like money and family and relationships. So it becomes a difficult time in wedding plans. So what we want to share with you today is tips to stay close to each other so while you're navigating this extremely busy time in your life, you don't lose sight of each other and you stay really close to each other and you go into your wedding day closer than ever, more in love than ever. So today we have Joanna Lynn on the show and we're going to talk about staying connected to your fiance during your wedding plans. This is going to be one of the most stressful times of your life where you may have different visions for the wedding plans or maybe you have a different idea of the wedding plans. Your family has a different idea of wedding plans and it now creates conflict and maybe some distance between your fiance and maybe even your family. So today we want to share with you some tips to stay connected with your fiance during wedding plans. And we have Joanna Lynn on today. Joanna, how are you today? I'm fantastic, April. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. I love your perspective and I love everything that you're sharing today because it seems like during wedding plans, we lose sight of general life and we become enmeshed in the wedding. And we may lose sight a little bit of joy and relaxation because we're so stressed out with everything that's going on and we want everybody to have a stress-free experience. So mm-hmm. let's talk about this first tip. Weddings can be a stressful time and give a scenario of a bride and groom that have very different visions for the wedding. So let's talk about two scenarios. One would be the bride and groom. The bride wants a very, very high-end wedding that's very elaborate, and the groom wants something that's very, very low-key. And then let's also talk about the scenario where the bride and groom are both very proactive in the wedding and have a conflict with each other. So we'll start with the first one. When there's different visions, that can be really hard to bridge. Mm -hmm. And so if that couple was right in my, my office, The first question I would ask will go with the bride. You know, what's behind the desire to have such a big and, and, you know, the, maybe the wedding of her dreams so that the, the groom can really get an understanding of the importance of it. And so for him to be able to express, you know, hon, I'm not so comfortable in front of a whole bunch of people. Maybe I don't want to spend all this money or I don't want to be the all eyes on me. So we kind of understand where the the hesitancy is. Or for him to step into her shoes to understand, oh, I've been dreaming about this wedding since I was eight years old. And so that there's this recognition that when one wants one thing and one wants the other, it's very, very difficult to come to a compromise because how do we have half a wedding, you know? And so we move towards 
choosing one side or the other based on this is how much I love you, hun. You know, either I don't want to make you super uncomfortable. So we're going to go low key. Or if I got married that way, I, I could just never let it go. It's just too important to me. You know, please support me in, in the wedding of my dreams. And so we sort of share it, the importance of it, the why behind it, and we move forward together. Otherwise, you're just going to be too much resistance and probably cause a lot of separation in the planning time if we can't get that reconciled first. Yeah, because a bride may feel slighted that he's not paying as much attention to the wedding where he's just trying to make her happy by letting her do whatever she wants to do. But then she feels like he doesn't love her as much because he's not as involved. And I guess that goes down to from your childhood, you know, these feelings of wanting, of, of being wanted or loved, I guess, expand on that for me. Yes. That's a very key piece. So right away we have this example of, you know, the, the bride makes it mean that because he's not picking the colors or doesn't have a preference on the cake, that he's not as invested or not as involved. And, you know, we just can't know that that's true. Uh, perhaps he feels this is how I'm loving you, hun. Just letting you pick all the, pick all the choices and have at, or I, I know this is important to you. Yes. Um, and so to really be careful around if in our own minds, we make, we make something have meaning that we haven't checked in with our partner on. Mm. And I think a lot of times, of course, how we respond in relationship comes from that imprint of how we were loved in our family of origin. And so if we felt our mom was always, you know, task orientated or work was more important, or we felt slighted in that way, or, you know, dad would come home from work and the first thing he'd do is put on the game and, um, you know, just not really be involved with us we're going to be much more sensitive to feeling like our partner's not involved Mm. or it seems like he just doesn't care. And so to begin to really look at your own emotional history, um, because it's often a real match to that quick place of what we make something mean. Yes. So you make it mean in your mind that he doesn't care or doesn't love you when he's just trying to make you happy. So you have to have a very good perspective of each other and an awareness. So what about if the groom is very, very proactive, the bride's very proactive, and they're really, really hitting these wedding plans hard and having a lot of conflict? And so this can happen because, as you mentioned, as we started this conversation, there's so much more riding. You know, in the beginning of the relationship, there may not be so much money involved, you know, family dynamics cropping up to the surface. And so we've kind of taken a relationship that's going along beautifully, tons of love, and we've turned it all the way up to 10. And so we've got to really look at emotions running high, uh, lots of expectations maybe coming in from the in-laws and from your family. And how do we break so much of that down to really get clear on what's important to the couple? Think of it like starting your whole life together off on the right foot by not letting all of these moving parts and some of the little things that pile up get the better of you. Yes. You know, think of it like a pre-marriage test because as we know, life can throw lots at us and how are we, the couple, going to manage this? Yeah. It really is a navigation to become a team. And it's more than just the bride and groom too, because now we have the in-laws, which becomes very stressful. And for an example, a bride that I'm working with, she had an issue with the shower and the bride, the maid of honor was throwing her a shower, but then the mother-in-law wanted her, wanted to invite 50 people, but the maid of honor could not afford 50 extra people. 
And it created a huge conflict because the mother-in-law says, well, I have to have these 50 people. And the maid of honor says, I can't afford these 50 people. And then the bride was in the middle of two people that wanted to throw her two separate showers. And that's what they mm. ended up doing. They ended up having the maid of honor throwing her a shower. The mother-in-law is going to throw her showers. So she's going to have two showers. And that's how they ended up navigating it. But to get to that point was really, really stressful. And yeah. they really had to sit down with that and make sure that that didn't blow up into a big family drama now because it was just something that couldn't be done. And that's mm -hmm. how they compromised. So just that little thing can become such a major, major event at the wedding. How does a couple and the family, the in-laws, avoid drama? How do they really learn to sit down and talk with each other and get their feelings out. Yeah. You know, that example you brought forward is so important because it really speaks to a few different dynamics. And so it's sort of this piece around, you know, there's that old saying, we don't just marry the person, but we marry their whole family. And so it gives a bit of an indication to how things may be in the future with the mother-in-law. And the bride is going to really need to recognize, okay, I'm going to need a pretty resilient and healthy boundary mm -hmm. with my, my spouse's mother um, because she's got a lot of ideas of how things should be. So in this case, her, um, uh, her friend was able to set that boundary. You know what? I'm not able to cover the expense of that. And so if two parties are the way it has to go, that's how we keep the peace and move forward. Yeah. Um, I think that they handled it beautifully. That's probably the best outcome because she wasn't out the extra party planning and she could really honor where, how much she could give and how far she could go. And so it's almost like the brew, uh, the, uh, the bride, excuse me, sort of takes notes around that. Okay. So that's the way we handle things. Yeah, that's a very good perspective because it is very insightful for the bride during these wedding plans to discover her family and learn how to navigate that, how, when to lay back, when to push a little more so that there is a balance because this is a lifelong commitment. You're not just dealing with your mother-in-law or your father-in-law for the few months before your wedding. This is a mm -hmm. lifelong thing and you don't want to create something now that 20 years from now is going to be a family issue. You know, you can oh, resolve it all now so that it's not going to creep back up time and time again when they say, oh, your wedding was this or your shower was that and caused drama. Let's resolve okay. it now and let's go forward now really solid and strong with open communication so that doesn't happen. And also we chatted a little bit offline about how does a parent's marriage, what does a parent's marriage have to do with the marriage that people are creating now. It has everything to do with it. Uh, whenever I sit down with couples in my office, um, you know, they, they each have their piece that they want to say, you know, he did this and she did that. And, and very quickly, I move away from the story of what's happening in the couple because well over 70% of what goes on between any couple actually has nothing to do with the couple itself. This is not about better communication strategies or being sure we get the date night in, although those things are quite important, but without looking at each other's family of origin and how that influences how we show up in love, we've really got to uncover our own relationship blueprint to understand who we are, how we love, why we need what we do in our loving relationships. And then of course, looking over to the other side. How does my spouse love? Um, what, what do I do when he withdraws or when he's quick to anger? And how do I actually make um, a greater sense of it? So what I mean by that is, okay, wow, his dad 
was very authoritarian. Um, he was always angry with my husband. And so that's his imprint. That's his patterned way of loving that he may be more quick to anger than even he would like to be. Mm. Because these patterns are even more overwhelming than, you know, how we would prefer to show up in our, inside our relationships. Yeah. And in wedding plans and in wedding plans, it's really going to come up because everything's so heightened, everything's so emotional. So you may, so you may experience things about your fiance you never knew before because you've never had such an emotional time or such a stressful time. So you're rediscovering these new things about each other. So when these things come up during your wedding plans, we just want to encourage you to really iron them out now so that they don't become big issues in your marriage later. You're so right. And I think whenever we look at ironing them out, let's think about it for the whole marriage too. So it's almost like when we begin to, well, imagine this, imagine right now as you're listening, looking into your spouse's eyes and to commit to yourself that I'm never again going to look at him or her just as a single individual that it's going to help me in this long-term relationship if I can see him with his mother and father behind him. So that right away, there's this insight into, oh yeah, no no wonder he withdraws or shuts down when things get really stressful. That's how it was in his family. Mm. And so in that moment, we can stop taking it personally because we see the big picture. And then from that place, we can have an open dialogue about it. Hey, hon, when you withdraw, I feel really triggered and upset because you know what? My dad used to really sidestep any emotional conversations. And so I kind of feel like I'm back in that place all over again. And so that's a very different conversation than getting angry with him because he shut down or you shutting down as well. And then we've got this stonewalling happening that could go on for days or weeks. That's right. And I've seen it happen with couples because like I said, it's a new thing of how do we navigate this? This is very new to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe some couples have been dating 10 years and they've seen that, but for the most part, you haven't talked about money and shared money and shared accounts and talked about your families with each other to the degree that you'll talk about it now. So it brings up a lot. So Joanna, knowing that you've worked with so many couples that have been married a long time, what advice do you have for these brides and grooms that are starting out fresh and new? What perspective Mm -hmm. would you give them now for a long time? life together. I think that the very best piece that I could share with them is it's almost like we all talk about love at first sight because it's so romantic and it pulls us in, but what about love at second sight? So this idea of after the finances are clear, after our family members get off party manners and we're, you know, really true and honest with each other. The realization that often two people are brought together because we can now almost sort through and heal some of the things that I wasn't able to receive in my own family. So, you know, um, because let's use the example of my dad was very critical. And so husband, when you're even remotely critical of me, maybe even just giving me feedback, I get really triggered. And so husband, you show me what's still like a live wire inside of my body that allows for more growth and um, integration inside of me. And so this, this feeling of, you know what, spouse, I am more with you. 
Um, I become more than I could be without you because you show me these places inside where maybe I need to grow, where maybe I need a little more, um, you know, TLC inside. Um, and then this offers a different level of security, even when we have conflicts, even when we come up against the hard stuff, because I think the greatest thing we can give our spouse is a feeling of security. And I don't think we can really offer that if a lot of our own stuff is, you know, constantly being triggered and, and we feel like we're, you know, that stonewalling example, or we take everything that the spouse does personally, and then we become these meaning making machines, but we're missing the greater point. You know, there's this place that says, gosh, if you took care of a sad and depressed mom spouse, you know, no wonder life feels heavy. No wonder things feel overwhelming to you. And, you know, there's nothing that you, the spouse can do to come in and quote unquote, fix that. Right. And so we also have to recognize, you know, what's his and what's mine so that the relationship actually thrives. That makes mm -hmm. total sense. And it's really about communication. And even though as a couple, you've probably talked many, many hours and know each other very, very well, Maybe it's a good time while you're navigating your wedding plans to make a schedule once a week, once a month, where you sit down and you talk about your feelings about the wedding. So if something's come up for you and, well, I feel like you made this decision without me, or I feel like if we could do this together, you could set time aside to hash everything out and have a communication would be a really beautiful way to go through these wedding plans so that you know you're still checking in with each other and having a communication about how you're feeling so that things don't get out of hand, so that three months don't go by and you really want to talk to him about his mother and you haven't done that. That is never going to happen. That's it. You're avoiding that buildup, right? Yeah. And you don't want to have that buildup just looming in the background. You really want to deal with it. It's so, so important because you, it's a lifelong, you have to remember that this is lifelong. These aren't something, well, you know, it's, I'm just going to get over it and that's it. That's going to fester inside of you. So make some time. Like I said, once a week, once a month where you sit down and you say to fiance, let's just check in with each other. Let's check in on our love. Let's check in on our abundance and our joy and how we're feeling right now. I think that will go a long way together and you'll feel more intimate and more in love with each other because of it. Absolutely. And I would even encourage to keep up that beautiful routine into the marriage, you know, sitting down and having, you know, my husband and I, we have quarterly financial dates where we just talk about where we're going, how we're investing, could we be saving more so that we're both on the same page. You know, finances are a big reason why there's a huge rift inside of a relationship. Um, another thing you mentioned a little earlier, April, that I wanted to come back to is I want to sit down and talk with you about your mother. So be very, very uh, careful how, how you approach a conversation like that. Um, I think couples that do best um, stay out of each other's relationship with their parents. So this idea of gosh, your mother is so difficult or any type of a judgment that you might bring to your spouse about his or her parent um, likely makes him in a very difficult position. It kind of puts him in a bind. So what do you do? And so you're, the best thing to do is to get really curious. So let's say you've got the world's most complex, difficult mother-in-law. You know, she talks all the time. She complains all the time. She gets, you know, she oversteps. And so the the... 
the best thing for the bride to do would be to get curious about, gosh, what on earth happened to your mom as a little girl or in her teens or when she first married your dad that has her show up in this way? You know, why does she complain all the time? Why does she, is the first, you know, route to go to think negatively so that you're not putting your, your soon to be partner in life in between this bind of his wife and his mom. Mm. So none of us get to be the way we are by accident. And if we can step in and be more compassionate about, you know, how she's showing up, we'll go a long way to almost safeguarding the love we have in our relationship. And so if we can really understand how she got to be so negative, we can feel more compassionate. The other part about her overstepping, even in the example you gave about your client, is how do I cultivate a boundary, not to keep mother-in-law out, but to keep me in when she does what she does and says what she says, so I'm not flying off the handle, saying something I might regret, Mm. or I expect my spouse to get in between us and either protect or or have to choose a side because that is something that is not anything you'll win at and could certainly build up to fester in the relationship long-term. Yes. And I see it a lot because it's really not a good idea for the bride to have conflict with the mother-in-law and the groom always is in the middle of that. And then he doesn't want to upset the mom and he doesn't want to upset the bride. And then I see some, some grooms kind of shut down at that point because they feel like I'm not going to be able to make anybody happy so you guys exactly. just do whatever you want to do and I'll be here. Yeah. But then what happens yeah. is it lets the problem fester where nothing was resolved. So what in the world do, what do they do? Well, the other thing for the bride to look at here is I've seen this time and time again, is that often what's unresolved for us with our own parents is the trigger with our in-laws. Think of it that it's easier to blame or judge that trait in them than to resolve it at the source. So we need to be aware because this is going to do nothing but create more distance and friction. And so it's either one of two things or sometimes both, you know, is what bothers me and my mother-in-law really belong to what's unresolved between my mom? Or can I really get curious about what shaped my mother-in-law to show up this way so that I have more compassion, I don't take it personally, and I'm not so easily triggered by it. That's excellent advice because that's just being insightful to someone else. And the sooner that a bride and groom can be insightful to their in-laws, the better it will be. Because don't forget, the in-laws are looking for you to accept them too. They want to make sure that it's a good family and it's a good match as well. So it's not one-sided. And they could potentially be the grandparents to your children. I mean, this relationship only gets deeper. Uh, And more complicated because then when the children come around, you'll have your in-laws telling you how to raise them or how to discipline them. And you'll have your own ideas. And then the groom might not want to say, mom, we don't want your opinion. And then there you go. You have that conflict again. These same situations that are happening in your wedding plans will come up again later in life. So what we're trying to offer you today is nip it in the bud now and open up this communication and also look at the people that are around you. Look at the people that are in your family and have an awareness of why they are the way they are and have compassion around it. We all have history. We all have trauma and drama that's happened in our lives. And the more aware we are of that of one another and the more accepting we are of that within each other, 
the more world peace we have in general and the more peace you'll have in your relationship. So very true. I love what we talked about today. You know, we're talking about this stressful time, staying close to one another. And how do we do that? We do that by communication. We do that by letting each other know what it is that we want. We do that by having good, solid communications of compromise and saying what it is that we want and trying to find that middle ground. And we also discussed today not making meaning of something just because that's our script. You know, we make meaning Mm -hmm. of just referencing what we said, you know, we're looking for to matter. And by him not caring about the tablecloths, we make meaning of that, that all of a sudden he doesn't matter. So Mm -hmm. with all of that, that we said in the show today, just step back a little bit from everything that's going on when it's difficult, take a deep breath and start to create an awareness around yourself, your fiance and the family. And also look at the big picture that this is a lifelong situation and how are you going to navigate it? And any of the listeners, if you have a complicated situation, definitely send us a message definitely uh, get in touch with us. I would love to help you navigate that. Joanna is here to help you navigate that as well. We can uh, get you through that situation. We really want to avoid you having any kind of stress and creating this beautiful, amazing feeling. So Joanna, what final advice do you have for brides and grooms? Ooh, one last piece of advice. That's always so difficult to put it into one little final nugget. I notice I find myself sharing this with many couples that come into my office. So perhaps those stepping into marriage would find it super helpful in that our partners show up exactly as we need them to. And so what I mean by that is they show us what still might be, you know, unhealed or unresolved inside of us. So, you know, a primary example might be, you know, after the wedding, um, the wife is blaming him for, for traveling too much for work or always being on the computer or it feels like he's just, you know, unreachable and not available. Well, if we look back to her family history, you know, nine times out of 10, dad was a workaholic or always behind the newspaper uh, before computers were, you know, always in our hands. Um, We've really got to own our part where we recognize how our partner's behavior is often a match to what we wanted more of as a child. And, you know, sometimes it goes back to our mom. It doesn't have to be just because our, our spouse is a, a male that it's dad stuff. It could be, you know, I just needed more of mom's attention and attunement. And maybe she had postpartum depression after we were born or she had to go right back to work. And now we find ourselves in a, in a relationship where it feels like everything else comes before us in the relationship. Hmm. And so we've got to do our own part to look at where can I do my own internal healing so that this isn't a, a something I'm playing out again in the relationship And then from there, the relationship can really strengthen and take out something outside of its patterned way. Yeah. And this is all about becoming closer and closer to each other. The closer you are, the more intimacy you have, the better marriage you're going to have overall. So this is the time to do it. This is the time to become more aware of each other to find ways to become closer to each other. Joanna, this was amazing today. I love this information. I hope that everybody loves this too. I also want to offer some options for people to reach you. Joanna has an amazing YouTube page. It's called Family Imprint Show. And she also has a great website. It's www.joannalynn.ca. And I'll spell that for you. It's J-O-H-A-N-N-A-L-Y-N-N. 
joannalynn.ca. And her email address is connect at joannalynn.ca. So if you have any questions, feel free to contact Joanna. She's amazing at what she does. She is all about helping people resolve conflicts from past trauma and helping you get on your way to the most solid and abundant life possible. Joanna, thank you so much for being on the show today. I found this very helpful myself. I do believe that our brides and grooms and listeners will as well. And we have your contact information. And if anybody wants to reach Joanna, please feel free to do that. She will help you. And also feel free to message me as well. If you have any great conflicts or any questions, I'm here to help you as well. My name is April Kelly with Wedding Amazing. We'll see you next time. You can have a bad storm of weather And then it all blows away Searching all night to see If it's alright You build an overcome I know it's not easy But one step forward Around the bend Look and see Sunrise, sunrise just around the bend Sunrise coming As long as we're together, I know I'll never be alone You and me, unity, together up a hill Take a lead, nothing gets me now. Wake up, wake up, sunrise, 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 just around the bend. Wake up, wake up, when you're waking up, when you're waking up. Sunrise, sunrise, just around the bend. Wake up, wake up. When you're waking up, when you're waking up, when you're waking up. Sunrise.